0: festival tonight, a festival, a Maha Samadhi festival, <clears throat> so welcome everyone, I like to always begin my talks as, oh, sorry.
1: Uh,
0: <laughs> 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 as, uh, as Baba Muktananda began then by saying in Hindi, Sapko manikesat swagat. With great respect and love, I welcome you all with all my heart. And he would always say that that's the essence of spirituality, to welcome another person with love. And um, we're celebrating, of course, the Mahasamadhi, the, the death of a great being. It was uh, actually on August 8th, 1961. That Bhagwan Nityananda left his body. Um, and it's very interesting to hear uh, uh, Vani's excellent talk uh, because uh, it was a precursor of my own experience because uh, I loved Baba Zasha more than any place on earth. I, I lived there for three years in the early 70s and it was filled with Shakti and. Uh, I learned so many things there, I grew so much, I suffered so much, I experienced so much, Uh, and it was under Baba's uh, tutelage and his, uh, you know, surrounded and protected by his uh, ambient shakti, spiritual energy, it was just extraordinary. And of course I knew who Bhagavan Nityananda was because his picture was everywhere, and we heard about him and read about him, and in my first couple of months there, uh, Baba brought in the, the great murti or statue, Bhagwan Nityananda, which he was very proud of. But I was very one-pointed on Baba. For me, Baba was the whole universe. I'd watch him like a hawk. I watched every action. I listened to every word. Every word he said caused the revolution inside me and uh, made me freak out or so on and uh, uplift me, uh, freak me out, everything. Uh, And, of course, we were only about a kilometer from the Ganeshpuri village, and occasionally we'd walk down there uh, and have a cup of chai at the chai shop and and visit Bhagwan's Samadhi shrine, where Bhagwan Nityananda is buried. And that was undeniably a powerful place, and I loved visiting there. But I was focused on Baba, and then a similar thing happened uh, to me uh, that happened to is that uh, that home my previous home in the ashram became closed for reasons that are deep and complex can't be discussed here see me privately Uh, but but um, uh, but then I discovered as she did exactly that that Baba had moved to the village and the village uh, in the Ganeshpuri village the Shakti was just as great just as intense just as profound as it had been uh, in the ashram. And so when people say to me, who've been to Ganeshpuri town, they say, oh, it must have been fantastic in Baba's ashram back then. I said, yes, it was fantastic, but it was exactly the same now in the village. The uh, it, different characters, different externals, but the inner power of it is exactly the same. So uh, we celebrate that. In thinking about Baba and his relationship to Bhagwan Nityananda, uh, Baba was not Bhagwan Nityananda's intimate. Uh, he was terrified of him. Baba was a, a great yogi in his own right. He practiced a lot of yoga. He had some attainment, but he didn't have the ultimate attainment, and he knew it. Uh, and so he was always looking for Uh, A guru. He never had a guru, and uh, then he met Baba, Bhagwan. He met Bhagwan Nityananda, and much to his shock, Bhagwan Nityananda transmitted spiritual energy in the process we call Shaktipat, and we're going to be celebrating that in a couple of weeks, uh, around August 15th. It was August 15th, 1947, that Baba had this experience of Bhagwan Nityananda pouring his energy into Baba and awakening him. And he attained dimensions of consciousness that he never imagined existed. And he really didn't understand this process until it it happened to him. Why am I saying that? (laughs) I forgot why I'm saying that. Uh, Oh, so so I know why. Because I'm saying that Baba wasn't an intimate of Bhagwan in a personal sense. But he was... He was uh, a great devotee of Bhagwan impersonally. He saw him as a living deity, actually. He did, wasn't really interested in, in Bhagwan's personhood. There wasn't that much personhood there anyway, to be honest. Uh, and when he writes about him, he talks about him as the guru principle, as, the, as a, a siddha of incredible proportions who's so f- completely immersed in the self not interested in his personal qualities at all. And I think probably that worked for Baba's uh, advantage uh, because it kept him aware of what he really, what was really about his relationship with Bhagwan. It was not about uh, like a normal relationship. It was about a connection with divinity. So here are some things I gathered that Baba wrote about Bhagwan Nityananda. Baba says, only one principle pervades the entire world. It is indestructible and beyond decay. That essential principle is our own inner self. And he would, Baba said many times, God, Guru, and Self are one. There is one consciousness. Pure awareness, pure consciousness. Um, <clears throat> this is one thing. It manifests as God. It manifests as Guru. It manifests as a self, and that one principle is the highest principle, and it can be attained in all these ways through all these different means, but it's also who we really are. If you dig deep enough into your true nature, that's what you discover, that's what you connect with, is this principle. He goes on, is neither near nor far because it is everywhere, for Nityananda, Neither the knowledge of the world, nor the world itself, nor the body, has any significance. It's one of the charming things about Bhagwan Nityananda, is he really didn't give a damn. He was just completely immersed in higher principle, and so the stuff that that rivets us, that gets our attention, that we're obsessed with, he didn't care about, because he was focused on something higher, And, and because of that he lived in bliss. Baba says, Nityananda is that principle who perceives the self in everything. Baba writes, in this world, the ways of time are very strange. Writing about Bhagwan's death. The ways of time, its speed is unfathomable. Time has no compassion, no love, no forgiveness. Mm -hmm. It's true, isn't it? Time is ruthless and cruel. Time knows only its own duty. It is said that time consumes even itself. When it does not spare its own self, what can be said about others? Time time sees everyone as the same. It does not consider whether someone is a king or a young person or a child. Time leapt towards Bhagwan Nityananda, toward that being whose darshan was a joy to the eyes towards that one whose face brought happiness to endless number of devotees. Seeing him, Bhagavan Nityananda, an evil person experienced goodness, a bound soul felt liberated, a beggar felt rich, and someone devoid of good qualities had the experience of many virtues. This is literally what happens when you're in, in the company of that shakti, that energy, You're so uplifted and you feel in touch with the best qualities within you and and a wellspring of happiness and peace that you didn't know existed. Baba says, Gurudev was the support of his devotees in this world that is so difficult. And yet he was slowly removed from our very eyes. What a cruel thing for time to do, but who can stop time? I'm just reading a bit of this and not going into it too much. Worldly people think of death as the end of life. So in the eyes of the world, Bhagavan Nityananda came to an end. But in reality, Sri Gurudev never left. He is eternal immortal without end. Even now, he is sitting right here, just as he always did. How can Nityananda, eternal bliss, ever die? Nityananda means eternal bliss. But uh, I think as Vani said, and as many of us here have experienced, that uh, the, the palpable presence of Bhagavan Nityananda beyond, beyond dispute, his uh, un, devotee wrote me his powerful and undeniable presence. <clears throat> Baba says, just as the sun does not stop shedding its light When it is invisible, in the same way, Nityananda did not come to an end. Only an ignorant person thinks that the sun has disappeared or that Nityananda has died. Nityananda dwells within every creature. He permeates everything. The Upanishads say that the world was born from bliss, from ananda. Nityananda is forever immortal. If you truly wish to have his darshan, to connect with who he really was, then search for him within yourself. Make your life full of detachment, renunciation and love. Make your mind pure and do not look for faults in others. Then you yourself will become Nityananda. But these words, Bhava says, are for Janis, for those who love knowledge, for his bhaktas, his devotees, his loving devotees, that eighth day of August in 1961 was extremely painful, anguished, and unendurable. It's The greatness of Baba. Intellectually, we know Bhagwan Nityananda never died, but for the, the loving bhakta, I, uh, the, everyone talks about the the devotion, the bhakti intensive that he gave many years, 15 years after Bhagwan's death, and he started saying. Uh, I'll never, these eyes will never see that one again. And he starts weeping in front of us all. But I've left it out of the rest of this piece. <laughs> <clears throat> because I don't want that to happen to me. More more than it has to. Another bit from Baba. Baba says, Siddhas have their own independent plane of existence called Siddha Loka. It's a very beautiful world. It means a, an actual place in the subtle world not in the physical world in the subtle world <clears throat> and now because we have the internet we understand the subtle world <laughs> before that we didn't understand that <clears throat> they talk about the cloud see I don't know what the cloud is but it's a subtle world isn't it where things live the cloud of unknowing. So, so what the cloud of unknowing, the cloud of unknowing. yeah <laughs> it's the cloud anyway the cloud the siddalok is like the cloud only more so That's like the cloud, but more so, (laughs) or less so. It's a very beautiful world. The cities who live there have a different perception of time than we do in this world. A thousand of our years is like a second for them. There's no day or night there. That world is illuminated by its own light. It doesn't need the sun or the moon. Just as we have the blue light of consciousness shimmering within us, that same blue light is shimmering and scintillating in siddhaloka. the light of consciousness. The the Upanishads, one of the great passages in the Upanishads uh, discusses the light. The the guru says, uh, what is the light that lights the world? And the disciple says, the sun. Or maybe it's the guru who says, the sun. What if the sun's not there? Then the moon is the light. And then uh, if the moon is not there, then fire is the light. And they go on and on. And if none of those is there, then the self, consciousness, is the light, the light, the fundamental light that's behind everything. So he goes on, from time to time, beings from Siddhaloka come here to perform some great work. Great beings like Yanushwar the great child yogi, around 1,000 years ago. Shirdi Sai Baba, who was India's most famous saint in the 20th century. Zipruana, who was very dear to Baba. And my Baba, Nityananda, all came from that place. They came to our world because they were directed to do so. Who directed them? Ma directed them, <laughs> the goddess did. They sow seeds, <laughs> and after a while they leave. When the seed sprouts, it grows into a plant. Then it becomes a tree with many branches. Eventually it bears a lot of fruit and becomes something great. There are many planes of existence. Just as the world of the moon exists, just as heaven exists, which is called Indraloka in the same way siddha Loka exists the world of the siddhas Nityananda was a being who came from that world he was an ancient siddha since the beginning of creation we have had many siddhas and he's one of them you know you heard in the in the chant datta triya datta triya is considered the first guru shiva is the first guru but the first human guru is datta triya and they, and they say that Bhagwan Nityananda is an incarnation of Dattatreya, in the sense that every guru is the same in their essence. The personalities are different, but the same in their essence. Baba says Nityananda was a great siddha yogi. When he was born, he was a siddha. <clears throat> oh, we need some photographs. We're coming to the young, young ones. Young ones. Oh. Well, um, huh. The, the other ones are first. The old ones. Oh, see, I forgot about that. Yeah. All right, let's let's stop for a moment. <laughs> Bhagwan Nityananda. I I mentioned the statue that Baba had made. This was the pose. This Baba loved this pose of Bhagwan Nityananda, and Baba's statue, as opposed to our statue, which is modeled after the s- statue in the Samadhi Shrine where Bhagwan is buried. Uh, Baba loved this pose, so his. His uh, statue is like that, it's a great picture. And next? Mm-hmm. And this uh, was taken in Kailash Ashram, uh, which is right in the main street of uh, ganeshpur right next to the, where he's buried. And Bhagwan, it's been told me that he's laughing and having a joke here. I'll take the word for it. Is that true, does it seem obvious? He has an alarm clock. <laughs> He's got an alarm clock, yeah. Uh, and he, he slept on a, a concrete slab. So go on. What? Oh, beautiful. The young Hmm? Huh? Now we we'll Okay, now we'll have one minute. Uh, uh, so. He was a great Siddha yogi. When he was born, he was a Siddha. Even though he was a self-born siddha, still he had to have a guru. Even Lord Krishna had a guru called Sandapani. That's the spiritual law. One has to have a guru. And Lord Ram, who was also an incarnation of God, had a guru called? Vashishta, yeah. My guru also had a guru, Baba writes. My, my Baba stayed with him and he would wash his dishes and sweep the floor. His guru was a great yogi who had practiced many austerities. And here we have some pictures of Bhagwan as a young young man. This must be after he was wearing clothes, which comes up in a minute. But go on. That's, the two. that's it? Beautiful. And there's one more. OK. His guru was an enlightened Siddha guru who had received the highest blessings through the compassion of the sun god, the illuminer of all three worlds. The one who loved him above all was Nityananda. When my Baba was still young, his guru left his body. After that, my guru left the place wearing just his loincloth, and sometimes not even that. Later, he began to wear more clothes just for the sake of other people. When my Baba was very young, he would automatically perform extraordinary miracles. But when he grew up, he left all that. He was an omniscient being. Still, he appeared as if he didn't know much. He was a great knower of the scriptures. Still, he appeared as if he hadn't learned anything. In his younger days, some people thought he was mad or that he was affected by a devil or by a ghost. The scriptures say that the state of a sitter and the state of ordinary people are as different as owls and crows. <laughs> what is daytime for a crow is night for an owl. And what is daytime for an owl is night for a crow. Because the owls are up all night, right? <laughs> so, so it's like two beings who have, who, who have no means of communication. They're so different day and night. So, a siddha is so different from an ordinary person. Uh, Though he may look like an ordinary person externally, but the inner state is so different. Baba says, Great beings appear to be different from each other on the outside. One may be inert, one like a ghost, and one may seem intoxicated, but all of them are lost in the love of God. Nityananda Baba was very intoxicated all the time. His eyes were filled with that intoxication and his body too. <clears throat> I always loved that 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 um, the great beings were very different and I met a, I was lucky enough to meet a few and they were so different from each other and to me that proved their authenticity because they weren't like imitating some image or model or or a central casting or something like that. But they were fully themselves. And yet there was the sameness too, behind all that. They, they attained that same experience, that same state. Baba says, when one experiences the supreme nectar of a great being, compared to that, everything else becomes meaningless, tasteless. Inside and outside, he's filled with the intoxication of devotion. Let's show them Baba. <clears throat> Baba's always uh, very reverent, scared you could say, uh attentive and respectful. What? He always looks hmm? He always looks like he's Yeah, contracted. He's <laughs> he's uh full of devotion. <clears throat> That's Baba Muktananda with Bhagwan, in case you don't know. <clears throat> okay. Wherever he looks, God is standing there. Notions of mine and thine disappear. Everything is God. The state of these great beings is marvelous. There was Rangavadut. Rangavadut was a, a friend of Baba's, a great siddha. The painting of him in the back there that my father did, actually. And Zippurana and Hari Giri and Sai Baba. Zipurana and Hari Giri Baba were, were kind of mentors to Baba. They sent him to Ganeshpur to meet Bhagwan Nityananda. And there was Nityananda Baba. However different they appear, they're all lost in the love of God. My Guru was such a great ecstatic being that he had lost himself within himself. He lost himself not in the jungle, but in God. He lost himself not in a political party, or a religion, or a caste system, but in God. If you lose yourself in that, then you attain your own self. If a person makes mistakes or creates problems, people talk and write about him. Nityananda didn't do anything historical, <clears throat> anything that would be in the newspapers, He lost himself completely in God, and he attained his own self. For him, all religions were equal. For him, all mantras and all people were equal. He would sit in a public place. People could meet him. No one had to have an appointment. When people asked him, will you show God to us? He would say, yes, he's within you, go there. This was his great teaching. The supreme truth dwells right within you. Whoever saw God, saw God right within himself. Nityananda had thousands and thousands of disciples who received his energy. He didn't use ostentatious rituals to give initiation. He would make a gesture toward someone, and that person would receive his grace. He would utter a single word to someone, and that person would receive grace. Whatever a Siddha does, that is his mantra. Whatever a Siddha does, whatever a Siddha says, that is his mantra. Whatever a Siddha does, that is yoga. Whatever a Siddha speaks, that is knowledge. So here Baba is uh, echoing uh, some sutras in the Shiva Sutras, the uh, foundational text of Kashmir Shaivism. There's a section, a very interesting section, where they talk about the realized being. Uh, and just this way. I'll give you an example. One of the Shiva Sutras says, Shiva Tulyo Jayate. The realized yogi becomes like Shiva. Next one. Shriya Vratya Vratam. Such a self-realized yogi performs all his physical activities as acts of worship. For a great being, even his mundane actions are actually acts of worship. Why is that? Because everything he does is in the Tao, is in connection with the Shakti. And if you're attentive, you can see God in it. There's an old uh, tr- uh, story in the Hasidic tradition of Judaism in which they said they, that they would, uh, they went to see the Rebbe, that's their holy man, not to hear his lecture, but to see, watch him tie his shoelaces. And what that means is that, that they learned about the relationship with the Divine from every mundane act that he performed, and so that's the way it was with Bhagavan Nityananda. Next one, kata japaha. His common speech is like a mantra. Kata is like, you know, his gossip. His gossip is mantra. So it may seem like gossip to you, but it's like, you know, full of Shakti and energy. Dhanamatmagyanam, his gift is knowledge of the self. His charitable gift that he gives to everyone is knowledge of the self. <clears throat> and then, yo <clears throat> vipashto he who is established in Shakti becomes an agent of wisdom, a Satguru. So, established in Shakti, he becomes, he becomes a vessel of that energy, and, and can awaken people. <clears throat> That's from the Shiva Sutras. Baba says, Such great beings don't come into this world to have two or three disciples or to be someone's trademark. Such beings come into the world to fulfill Lord Krishna's promise in the Bhagavad Gita. Krishna said, Whenever there's a decline of righteousness, whenever people engage themselves in worldly matters, whenever people turn away from going inside themselves. O oh, Arjuna, then I take birth in this world. First time I read the Gita, I came to that uh, thing, and it seemed to me the most compassionate thing. It said, whenever there's a loss of connection to the divine in this world, then God comes and manifests himself and bails us out. I thought, what compassion? And it seems to me that that's true. The says, there's a powerful tradition of gurus called the Siddha tradition, in which the master can touch a disciple or just point a finger at him and thereby set in motion the process of kundalini maha yoga. This is Shaktipati, awakening that takes place. There are plenty of gurus who can teach mantra, discipline, pranayama, asanas. These are ordinary things. But with the grace and blessing of a Siddha guru, we don't have to do yoga. It happens spontaneously within us. The Kundalini energy unfolds itself in a characteristic way. Some people have visions. Some people uh, have movements of energy. Some have ecstasies and, and experiences of love. Some have openings of wisdom and insight and so on. It can vary tremendously according to your nature. And yet, it's active within, active within. Baba says, this yoga that happens spontaneously within us includes mantra yoga, raja yoga, hatha yoga, laya yoga, bhakti yoga, all yogas are part of it. The yoga of mantra, the yoga of uh, mind control, mental control, uh, the yoga of inner lights and inner sounds, the yoga of devotion, the yoga of wisdom, all of these. Bhava Baba says, A man can sow a tiny seed and will grow into an enormous tree that will blossom and bear fruit. A guru like this is very rare. It takes a lot of courage to make friends with the siddha, and spend your time with him. <clears throat> True. <clears throat> People would get Shaktipat just by coming into my guru's presence. In one of the scriptures, there's a dialogue between Shiva and Shakti, in which Shiva says that there are many gurus who take money and service from the disciples, but rare is the guru who will, make his disciples, who will take his disciples' mind and not his money, who will steal the mind that is tormenting him, that transforms the mind of the disciple. Some gurus will tell you the simple truth straight away. Bhagavan Nityananda was like that. As soon as a seeker came to him, my baba would say, Why are you wandering? All is within. Go and sit at home. What is there outside? He was not the kind of guru who would say, First you must serve me for 12 years. You must make this offering, and then you'll receive something. He would always say, Why are you wandering here and there? Everything is within. Go and sit at home. So that's uh, some things with Baba. <clears throat> of course, it was good to serve Baba for 12 years. I tell you, <clears throat> so Bhagwan Nityananda, a very great being, a very mysterious being. Even just looking at him, obviously he's uh, off the beaten track, you'd have to say. Uh, and then to experience his presence, experience the Shakti, the Shakti in this ashram is the shakti that he bestowed on Baba, and then Baba bestowed here. And so that shakti is the essence of what the Siddha lineage can give. So let's meditate. Mm -hmm. We'll meditate for 10 minutes. And let me lead you in a little meditation. in honor of Bhagavan Nityananda. And Bhagavan Nityananda exists as a conduit to the self of all. Indeed, he is the self of all. So look within yourself, in self that all the sages and all the scriptures describe is there at the core of your being. Behind the tantrums, behind the insecurities, behind the self-hatred, behind the hopes and dreams, the aspirations, the ideas, the political positions. Behind everything, the self is. If you change your mind 180 degrees, the self would be there. It's not dependent on your belief systems or anything like that. It is pure awareness. It is pure consciousness. It's pure love. It's pure peace. Pure wisdom. It's the light of consciousness. And that self is in every one of us. We're conscious beings. And the core of our being is that consciousness. And that is Bhagwan Nityananda. And to honor him, we should honor that place in us. And so let's meditate now for ten minutes. Once again with great respect and love, I welcome you all with all my heart. Saturnath Kijay, Jay Nityananda.